What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. Welcome to the Her Show, Home Experience Radio, with your host, Trina Titus Lozano. This is a live call-in show that takes your calls and questions about marriage, family, and personal relationships. She's a licensed and ordained pastoral counselor, author, international conference speaker, wife, mom, and grandmother. She's been counseling and teaching vital relationship skills for over 30 years. Trina is real and relational and reveals strong truths spoken in tough love and common sense. Join us on the studio line now at 817-637-2585. And now, here's Trina. Hello, everybody. Yes, please join me on the studio line, 817-637-2585. I'm Trina Titus Lozano, pastoral counselor, licensed and ordained Christian minister, and I'm currently working at First Light Counseling in South Lake. So if you need a full session or a double session, please just look up firstlight.co, firstlight.co. Oh, and uh, I'll be happy to help you if you need a full session. So I'd be happy to do that. But if you want some free counseling today, give me a call right here on, on the studio line, 817-637-2585. We are looking forward to the holidays. Happy Thanksgiving week. And you know what's amazing? Because an attitude of gratitude can literally turn any situation around. We cannot control what is happening on around us, but we can control what is happening in us. Have you ever noticed that? that life is either external or internal, and it's a combination of both. And when we are able to change our attitude and and see something, see a situation with a different perspective, if we could find something to be grateful for, then it will really make the biggest impact in our own lives and in the lives of the people around us. So this is a great week to practice this and to to do it and to be able to reap the benefits of changing your attitude to one of gratitude. So, all right, guys, I want to just open up today by saying, if you are If you are afraid of criticism, I want you to conquer that fear, okay? So if you are hosting Thanksgiving, if you are hosting relatives that you have not been around for a while, there's a chance that maybe there will be a dig here and there. You know what I mean by that? When somebody just makes a little comment and you're like, ah, that really hurt. You know, if you embrace that and you say, okay, this is an opportunity for growth. (laughs) The criticism, nobody likes it. It's so hard. But Proverbs actually says that it is wisdom to embrace criticism. And it's interesting also because in psychology, when we look at the the necessity for emotional intelligence, step one for EQ, step one for that emotional intelligence is that we are able to have good self-awareness. Well, guess how you get self-awareness? It is by embracing 
criticism, embracing feedback. Hopefully, uh, people are not being mean when they are giving you feedback. But even if they are, my grandma says, I have the ability to turn an insult into a compliment. And I love that. She could just sort of turn it around and learn from it. And it really is important that we are able to do that. So don't be afraid of criticism. I think that is a fear that really grips so many people. And it's because when you when you listen to somebody else's criticism, you really let it impact your identity. And at the core of your identity, it just makes you feel full of shame and like you're not good enough, which is probably what you're thinking already. So you certainly don't want the confirmation that you're not good enough. But you know what? If you embrace it as an opportunity for growth and you put on that growth mindset, then you're able to say, all right, all right, thank you for that. I'm going to use this as an opportunity for growth and I'm going to embrace your feedback. And uh, so that's what I want y'all to do. Just put that in your put that in your back pocket because you might need it on Thanksgiving Day. Okay, give me a call if you'd like to talk to me in the studio today, 817-637-2585. Oh, Jasmine, are you on the line with me right now? Hello, Jasmine, you there? Oh, gosh, I can't hear her. Uh, Maybe see, hold on, let me see. Oh, Jasmine, are you there? Oh, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Sorry, I could not hear you for a minute. Uh, I just noticed that it was muted. So I was like, oh, unmute. There we are. There you are. Okay, girl. So thank you for calling in today. How can I help? Yes. So my question is, um, I am currently separated from my husband and we haven't seen each other in about a month and a half. We are co-parenting and everything has been via text. Mm. Um, Our divorce is scheduled for march and Mm. with thanksgiving coming up this thursday i am not sure if i should uh kind of put my pride aside i don't know if it's pride or security or protection of my heart um but yeah i would love your insight and your wisdom as to what are your thoughts on allowing him to be part of that thanksgiving uh, celebration with us, like inviting him over to to come uh, with our, our family for dinner, or if I should allow him to just have his own Thanksgiving with the kids. Well, you know, since things are not quite worked out in the divorce arrangement yet, I, I'm just curious, and you guys are texting back and forth, has he actually told you what he wants for the holiday? Uh, or, or are you just at the point of trying to figure out what you want yes so we currently are alternating weekends okay and the holidays are kind of falling in between the week where he usually works but i believe that he is going to have that afternoon off um so i was thinking about inviting him over but i'm like would that actually cause more uh, division in the long run because we haven't been on talking terms. And um, yeah. Well, I have yeah. a few different schools of thought. And, you know, these kinds of situations, Jasmine, are not black and white. They really aren't. There's not just a rule book. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a rule book that said, okay, this is how you go through separation and divorce, right? And yeah. uh, just by the way that you're talking, I am kind of guessing that he's the lever. Am I right about that? Yes, yes. Okay, I can I can tell by by your tone of voice and your attitude regarding the situation. So, if he's the lever 
and you feel like you want to include him or that the kids would really appreciate if he was there for the Thanksgiving meal or even part of it, then I would say go ahead and and extend the invitation. However, because you guys are in the process of the divorce and you are in the process of letting go, it is important that you give specific timelines like, would you like to come eat dinner with us from one to two? You know, where it's not the whole day. It's not just hanging out. It's not playing games and doing all this family time. It's simply the Thanksgiving meal. It's an act of kindness and generosity. He can say yes or no. You're just extending the invitation. But your children know that you extended an invitation to their dad for a meal. And I think that that is kind. However, you are in the process of getting a divorce. So it is important that things aren't just the way they've always been. Or it's actually very confusing for everybody including you and your heart, like you mentioned, and including the kids. Because then they're thinking, well, mom and dad get along really well. Why are they getting a divorce? It doesn't make any sense, right? So it's a little bit confusing. Uh, so since the divorce is is part of what you are, I mean, this is an inevitable um I suppose this is the, it's the direction that you're going. You have a date. Okay, it's in March. And so since you're going this direction, he's made this decision, it's final. Uh, then I would, I would, let there be the division that he's created in the sense that, okay, he does his thing, we do ours. However, extending an invitation for a small portion of the day, I would say an hour, hour and a half maximum would be all that I would recommend. How does that sound to you? Yeah, that sounds good. Now, if we were going out of town for this celebration, like an hour and a half, should I still extend that invitation? You can. I mean, he can just say yes or no. I would, I would extend it and I would also, you know, tell him the time, you know, just to clarify, it's not for the whole day, but if you would like to come eat the meal, we'll be eating from one to two, you know. And so if he wants to make the drive just for the meal, great. If not, that's okay too. So will the kids be able to be with you if he doesn't come? Um, well, we haven't worked that out just yet. I think both of us kind of have that on the air right now. Yeah. Because he knows that it's a day during the week. Yes. Yes. Which, which typically you have them during the week. Correct. Okay. So it would typically fall on your day. So if, if there's a way, now are you going to be sleeping over or were you, are you just making a day trip? Uh, I think I'm just making a day trip. So what has happened in the past is we would drive there together and then we would come back together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously that's not going to happen. And, you know, he may or may not want to come, but I would, yeah, I would extend just the invitation for just the meal. And I think there's a good chance he's going to say no, thank you. But at least your kids know that, uh, that you wanted to at least include him for the meal or, uh, and, and you could also have the option of taking him leftovers and bringing the kids to see him, you know, in the, at, whenever you get back in town, you know, so that they at least can see him on the holiday a little bit, which I think it's good. I actually really, it, regardless of what the divorce settlement actually says when you're in the process of separation or the divorce, I think kids need to see both parents on holidays. I really do. And not because, not just because of the parents missing the kids, 
but the kids miss the parents. You know, kids want to be with both their parents too. And if they're if they're absent from one, they kind of worry about that parent. Like, oh, I hope I hope they're not too lonely. I feel bad that they're alone. You know that kind of a thing. And so I, if if the situation is good with both parents, and if there's nothing like, of course, not like supervised visits or situations like that. But if it's good, I think it's great if at all possible for kids to see both parents on a holiday. So if you could work out that, that would be my best case scenario. And then just bring him a plate of leftovers and let the kids, you know, be with him, you know, at whatever time it is, eight o'clock or whatever. But I, that might be an option, but I definitely think that uh, you need to think about what you think you would be most comfortable with. And if you're going out of town, is the host comfortable with having him there for a little while? Yes. Okay. What do you think? What would what would you be most comfortable with? I think that would be an appropriate like approach to just have him drive himself there and then, you know, leave a couple of hours later. I think my biggest concern was just being around him altogether because we haven't seen each other um in a little bit over a month or had that kind of contact. So that was just my only concern. Yeah, um, you know, you it's, know and that's yeah. the thing. If if the relationship is not hostile, it's it is in the best interest of the kids that uh, that the relationship isn't hostile, and that there are certain times, like the children's birthday or or certain occasions, that you guys can spend an hour together. I mean, two hours it it gets to be a little a little tough. Anyone can get through an hour pretty good, you know, uh, with just a, a nice greeting, a nice hello, and just being kind and polite. You know, once you get to more than an hour, the, you know, we, we hit closer to the two-hour mark. It's kind of like, ah, wow. It Typically, is your does your family eat on time? Like they, uh, a, a specific time for the meal well, or we, how does we, that work? We eat, we eat together on a time. Okay. Well, do you mean lunches? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. For, for like for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It's a time, but it's not usually the time that was arranged. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean like because I don't want him just like being awkward there like oh I came at one to eat from one to two and oh now the meal's not actually ready until three and then he's stuck there all day like ah, I wish I wasn't here uh you right, know it, it's right. potentially yeah, gonna be a really have- awkward situation but it's but it's you know it's not a bad thing if you guys can stay polite in a situation like that. But you know, it, it's not the it's not bad. But it, if you decide to invite him, I would just do maximum an hour. <laughs> okay, I think that's that's a great idea. Thank you so much. And I think there's I think there's, I think there's a okay. Wait, don't don't get off. I gotta ask you more questions. Um, do you have time? Are you good? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, good. Because I'm still talking. Uh, okay, so so. If you are sort of visualizing the situation and you know the condition of your heart and really obviously missing him since he was the lever and, of course, wishing that the marriage wasn't uh, breaking. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waking up, do you think that you would have the capacity to be polite while he's there. 
Yes, I think my concern would be being over polite. <laughs> ah, okay, just being so awkward that it's like too, being too nice, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I think it would be awkward, like not stepping into the role of a wife. I think it's there's a good chance that if you ask him, he's going to decline. What would you think? I don't know, What's your honestly. Guess? I think that... You know, I think if it was for ourselves individually, we would both decline. But I think because we have children in between, um, there may be a possibility that he would be open to it because of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I think there could be, you know, the question mark of the unknown, you know, of, of him being feeling ashamed or, you know guilt or you know i i don't know like what there's so many questions there is what i'm hoping is that your relationship doesn't go to a place of you know hostility because that's so 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 bad for the children however it it's so painful because it's so fresh but it's interesting because right now while while you're in the separation season and the divorce isn't finalized yet it's this season where you've both accepted the reality that we are getting a divorce. Like we're not in denial anymore, but you know, whatever decisions you make now really set precedents for what the visitation and the holiday visitation will be after your divorce. So you, you do kind of want to think ahead too and think, okay, in the future, how do I want it to be? You know? So it's kind of like you're almost, you know, you got to be cautious because this is a time of <laughs> change, big time change. How long were you married? Oh, we were married for almost 15 years. Oh, wow. Oh, girl, this yeah. is so painful. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I think that the wrestling that I'm having is, you know, initially was the perspective of I'm not going to see you probably until our children get married, which is like in 20 years. So <laughs> inviting him over for Thanksgiving is just like, well, that's like well, 19 yeah. years and 10 months earlier than I expected. And it's not necessary. <laughs> it really is not necessary. I mean, I want to make that clear. It is absolutely not necessary. I mean, at all. I mean, he left you. He's he's filed for a divorce. It is not necessary for you to ever, ever interact with him. Like you said, until the kids have their graduation or their wedding and and you still can have very limited interaction or you can be polite and have a little bit more interaction on special occasions like holidays and birthdays because it's in the best interest of the kids. But, but the kids, if they can see both parents and you can arrange that, I think that the kids are adapting to the fact that you guys aren't going to be in the same place at the same time anymore. I mean, that's what divorce is, right? And so, you know, it's, they'll accept that. They'll accept that. But um, it's a tough, it's a tough season. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I really would love for every marriage to be saved. I would love for every family to be intact. But, you know, it is just not, it's just not, it's just not reality. I mean, more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I I know that it every marriage just can't be saved and won't be saved because there are human behaviors 
that are not compatible with marriage. And I was telling someone this the other day, and they were like, wait, what were those again? Because they're the five A's, and this person could only think of the, the four. And I was like, okay, the five A's, here's what they are. Abandonment, adultery, addiction, anger, and abuse. And when these, when one or more of these really bad behaviors are chronic in a marriage, they're repeated year after year after year, then it's just not compatible with marriage. You cannot, a marriage will not survive uh, with, with these things in play because it is exactly the opposite of what a marriage should be. It, it's not love. And all of these things are really rooted in selfishness. And of course, a lot of people talk about narcissism these days, which is complete self-centered behavior, complete, um, like no empathy and a complete belief that the world revolves around me and uh, I'm right and everyone else is wrong and everybody's here to serve me. And of course, that's not compatible with marriage either. Uh, you know, you know, Jasmine, I always say that a healthy marriage is really, or a healthy, a healthy mentality in a marriage is when you're standing at the altar it's like two funerals and a wedding. You know, you both are saying, okay, I'm going to die to myself here. Okay. I'm going to die to myself and basically vow to serve and love you for the rest of my life. And, and that is what's going to really set up a foundation for a great marriage. And if that is not the case because of narcissism or because of addiction and anger and abuse and, and adultery, then yeah, all, all of these things which are rooted in selfishness that the marriage can't survive. And it's, and it's really, really tragic because uh, the kids suffer. They do. They really suffer. And it's painful, mostly for the children. Uh, and it's interesting, uh, Jasmine, because it can be generational. Uh, did either you or your husband come from families that were divorced? Yes, he actually did. He actually did come from a family of divorce. And the mentality that he is becoming aware of is that it was predominantly based on looking down on women or objectification of women and narcissism. Ah, yeah. Yes, that misogyny. Just the, the yeah, the, mm, that male ego that yes of of, uh, of of really looking at women like objects undermining the value of women uh-huh yeah so it's like you know in order to be able to like it's not um like even not seeing them as someone worthy to share life with and uh you know, kind of just like use and dispose of because there's, no, you know, there's, there's, there's no such thing as being able to become family with one, you know? So that's wow. just really interesting. Those mindsets, they, they do, they do run through generations and you can see how that happens. So, you know, it is important that, that as you are raising your children as in as much as you can, since now your influence will only be, you know, you won't be with them 100% of the time as you guys have some shared custody. Uh, but your influence is going to be so important in their lives. And and never put never put their dad down. And you probably already know this, and I know it's obvious, but never put him down. Like, help them to separate the, the bad behavior from his identity as their father. Help them to separate... Uh, as we say sometimes in church, the sin and the sinner, you know, they can, so they can see that their beha- that the behavior is bad, but my dad is my dad. And I, now, of course, in some situations, there's, there's an importance to actually draw a boundary where, where the child isn't, 
you know, has to have supervised vis- visits or something like that. But, but if that's not the case, it's just important that you help the child to not become resentful and bitter and angry towards their dad. And especially for the kid to actually uh, have a good idea of what happened. You know, and, and when kids are young, you can't be specific about what exactly happened. It's too big of a burden for them to carry. But but they can understand things like, you know, we had vows and they broke the vows. And so I, I have to accept that. But, uh, it, you know, but I don't hate him. I don't hate him and I, I forgive him and I don't want you to hate him and I'm going to be okay. I think it's so important for kids to hear from your mouth, I'm going to be okay and we're going to be okay. We're going to accept this. This is his choice and we're going to be okay. And my, my husband's dad, who was an alcoholic when my husband was uh, young, he, he actually became sober and died a really wonderful man, completely recovered for over 30 years at that point. But but his mom used to tell her, my husband and his brothers, your dad is a good man, but alcohol is bad. Alcohol is bad. And when he's drinking, he changes. And so, you know, none of her boys became alcoholics. None of them. My husband isn't a drinker and, and none of his brothers are either. I think one of his brothers struggled with it for a little bit, but, but he overcame very quickly and uh, it, it didn't become a stronghold that was long-term in his life. But isn't that amazing? And I thought that was such wisdom that she said to her sons, alcohol is bad. Alcohol is bad. And certainly she would tell him, your, your dad's a good man. And, and he became a good man. I mean, he actually became what she was saying he was. <laughs> and I don't think, uh, you know, she, he would come in and she would fix him dinner and love him. And, and just she was able to have that amazing ability to separate what he was doing and the effects of what he was doing on who he was as their dad. And they all grew up to, to love their dad, but to see that alcohol was bad. And that when their dad was drinking, he became a person that um, that they couldn't be around. You know, it wasn't safe to be with him. Isn't that interesting? So, wow, we we can learn from these things, right? We can learn from these things. But we, we certainly want to uh, not ignore the reality of what is before us. And as you're going through this, this grieving process, Jasmine, of just really letting go of, because it's grieving, not just that your marriage is over, but it, but it's the marriage, it's the family, it's the relationship that you thought you had, it's the relationship that you never had, it's the relationship that you never will have, it's the family that you won't have. I mean, it, there's so much to grieve in the process of, of divorce recovery and that step one is just to accept the reality, right? Uh, so that right. you don't stay in a place of denial. So as you're accepting the reality, you're right. If he comes even just for a meal, it whether it's at your house or at you know for a holiday or something, it would be it would be important for you to have the mindset of he's not my husband and my reality is we are divorced. You know, it's so yeah, you do have to do a reality check so that you don't start to freak out. But right now this, you're not, you know, you're not used to this yet. It's still, it's still in the early phases of this, uh, since a divorce isn't final yet, but, uh, boy, that grieving process is a real thing, right? So you can expect that, and you probably are already familiar with the grieving process, but you can expect that it always begins with denial and it always ends with acceptance. So in order to recover faster, you want to push yourself to acceptance, push yourself to acceptance, like literally every day, remind yourself of the reality of what it is that you're going through. And of course, uh, 
anger and bargaining and depression, all of these things, they're not sequential. They could be one or the other or all three at the same time or, you know, they just come in waves, these other emotions that are in the middle of the grief process. But girl, you're going to get through this, okay? You are going to get through this and I really appreciate your question. So you call me back anytime and happy Thanksgiving. And I know that no matter what you go through, I like to think of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. This is my life verse, especially in times like this. Be joyful always. Give thanks in all circumstances and pray without ceasing. So not give thanks for all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances, right? And pray without ceasing. And um, that's the will of God. And that's where peace will come from. So God bless you today, Jasmine. Thank you so much for calling and happy Thanksgiving. Thank um, you. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I appreciate you. Okay. Call back anytime. Bye-bye. Stick with me. I'll be right back after the break. Hello. Accelerated Graphics and Signs, 101 East Renfro, Sweet City in Burleson, Texas, can handle all of your graphic needs. Need a banner or promotional products for your business? They got you covered. T-shirts and caps for your group. All you need to figure out is if you want them screen printed or embroidered. How about some slick graphics on that hot ride to make you stand out from the crowd? Accelerated Graphics and Signs can handle anything you throw at them. Located at 101 East Renfro Street, Sweet C in Burleson, Texas, go in and see them. Call them at 817-991-0523 or reach them on the web at www.acceleratedgraphics.net. They are loud and proud and want to serve you. Accelerated Graphics. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, there's something you forgot to do. Hmm. It sure is hot. Are you sweating like a dog? Wait, what? Dogs don't sweat. Oh, no, you forgot to get your window tinted. Whether it's the kitchen window that sits in the sun for the hottest part of the day or you just got new wheels, call Sharp Window Tinting in Burleson, 817-615-9379 or look them up on the web, sharpwindowtint.com.
Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. Joko Community Radio is proud to be the voice of Johnson County, Texas, and is live 24-7 on the TuneIn Radio Network. TuneInJoko.com is the place to find all the ways to listen and watch, and the station app is also available for free on Android and Apple devices. So simply search your store, check out our lineup and more at JokoCommunityRadio.com. This episode and more brought to you by Patriot Claims, making your insurance work for you. So reach out to your Texas sales rep, 844-TEXT-HALE. That's 844-839-4245. And I'm Trina Titus Lozano here with you every Monday afternoon, 2 o'clock Texas time. And I'm taking your calls to help you make your home a place of love and peace. And in order for your home atmosphere to have love and peace and for your relationships to have love and peace, that first begins with the attitude of your own heart and your own mind. And so I'm here to help you with that. And with any dilemma that you might be having, feel free to call today. I'm taking calls 817-637-2585. And I'm happy to help on any topic, 817-637-2585. Susan, welcome to the Her Show. How are you today? Hey, Trina, doing fabulous and well. Thank you for asking. You're talking about having peace of mind and being with your family. In my case, I am a whistleblower, and I don't believe in vaccinating the Holy Temple. And my family says we can't have relations because of how I handle you know, wow. the truth. Really? How do you handle that when either you're not invited for holidays or if you are invited and you're totally polarized, mask up, don't mask up, six feet, no six feet. I'm kind of taking a stance of I, I trust my immune system and I, God tells me to have no fear. I don't live in fear. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, okay. First of all, Susan, I love your question. I think that's super relevant, but I am just, where are you from? Because I love your accent. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, actually from Jackson, Mississippi, but I'm a Bama girl, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I love your accent. It's amazing. You know, this Thank is surprising, you. Susan. I cannot believe that even this year, this is the case. I mean, I get it. The last several years, this has been going on 2020, 2021, but by 2022, I mean, the mandates are all lifted. Are people there still wearing masks? Yes, believe it or not, it seems like once the fake monkeypox was announced, everybody went straight into wearing masks again. I just, you know, you have to have an N95 mask. It's just ridiculous. Hypoxia sets in and you can get sick. You try to educate people. It's like, look, you're breathing in your own waste. God does not want you to veil your face. We're not Muslims. We are created in the image. (laughs) And I can't get my family to understand when you do that, when you muzzle up and you take all this biotech, this is changing your DNA. Uh, it's a part of the Balaam system and people need to realize that and I love my family but there's a huge separation happening wow huge okay. separation okay Division. so let me ask what have you done in the past did you typically eat with these same people and was it typically peaceful like you know like your whole life before before uh, COVID well, the 25 years that they abandoned me, I didn't have any family after mom and daddy died. But I, oh. I spent about three holidays with this particular brother okay. who just is, 
extremely narcissistic, non-empathetic. I have to walk on eggshells. So it's not a pleasant time, but I want family. So oh, when I go yeah. over there, I have to sit at the other little table. It's like I'm a little outcast. Oh. Or at Christmas, and when I went, everybody got a gift but me. And I'm like, wow, I really am oh. just the butt cheek. It oh. really is that bad. Oh, Susan, I am so sorry. That is so painful. That is sure so painful is. for you, you just to swallow endure. your tears and go, I have to love them. Oh, but they're toxic, goodness. Trina. Yeah, so actually, it sounds like it's it wouldn't be a healthy environment for you anyway. So, gosh, mm -hmm. oh, my so goodness. Lonely. But it's so oh, lonely. I am so sorry for your pain and, and you. your parents are not here anymore. I bet you have wonderful memories of your parents. I do, and I live in those. It's kind of funny, uh, you know, I just vicariously live through people on Facebook that, you know, throw the festive parties. Like, oh, they remind me of my mom. So yeah. I would kind of, you know, vicariously live through people. And then I get real depressed when I'd see the, you know, family oh, pictures. I'm like, wow, I, I don't have a family picture. I have no one. So what I did as a minister, I'm, a, you know, an ordained minister, I, before I knew that McDonald's was unhealthy, I used to go back buy <laughs> bags of hamburgers and just, I actually one time saw a little lady digging in the garbage and she had a tattered white blouse of a black skirt and pearls and she was digging in the garbage and I said, ma'am, would you do the honor if I could spend Thanksgiving and give you a, um, hamburger and she started crying and hugged me and I will never forget that that just the woman needed a hug and needed to be seen and she was trying to present herself and she was homeless and that touched me I just cried and cried after that communication yeah I that is really such a good experience that you've had with helping others that really is that only cure to loneliness is is to reach out and to help others and that's the only that's you know that's where the power is okay even if mcdonald's hamburgers are not healthy i mean still the gesture of having something to give them is is such a neat thing so you might want to consider doing that again it worked for you in the past it would work you know for what you. i just did i just made a turkey there's a little thrift store down the street and, and they hire a lot of addicts so i made a turkey and just went and fed the whole crew Oh my and gosh, it made Susan. Me so happy. It made, it made you, you so happy. It made you so happy and it, it blessed them and it made you so happy. That is so incredible. Okay, so here's the thing. On on Thanksgiving Day, if you understand that you can be alone without feeling lonely. And I think this is what the beauty of being a Christian, you said that you're a minister, is is to just say, okay, God, I am going to acknowledge your presence here. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize or to minimize the, the loneliness that you feel. But you know, my I, re, I recall my grandmother, my dad's mom, and then also my grandmother who currently lives with me. Both of my grandmothers they both were widows uh, for many, many years. And so they would have many meals alone because they lived alone and they would have many meals alone. And, you know, they would still cook for themselves and actually set the table. My grandmother sets a very pretty table by herself. I thought about doing that this morning. House. I looked at my mother's yeah. trying. I said, you know what? I just need to set the table in memory of my mother and have a meal alone. I think so too. I think so too. And, you know, my, my grandma used to talk about the benefit of actually sitting at the table. And my mom, in our home experience book, she talks a lot about, or she actually wrote another whole book about it called The Table Experience, and it's one chapter in our home experience book. But the benefit of sitting at a set table, and it's amazing that there's a benefit even if you're there 
alone because it's holding energy think about that like is. the holy spirit even setting a place for the holy spirit and holding a place for him it is and that's the world doesn't even know what that means in fact they say something magical happens well it like you say or energy there's energy there's a positive vibe, but it really is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit because you are setting a place. And I would just, Susan, I would, I would put together a special playlist that, you know, would be special for that day and make like plan the day because you are worth it. You deserve it. And I know that your parents aren't here with you, but imagine, and and it's important to not talk to the dead because that's witchcraft. That's that's, that's, that's That's necromancy, right? That's that's witchcraft. However, we can talk about them and we want to remember, you know, see, even just, even just sitting there and think, you know, this is what my mom would do. This is what my dad would do. And just having the, they absorb the, the beautiful memories. My grandmother, she just loves to look at pictures and just really reflect on all the wonderful memories. And, but so plan your day and just think about as you set your table, cook yourself a meal and, and sit down and plan it and enjoy it. Susan, you are worth it. You are worth it. Really. It's, it's a beautiful thing and take your time and like, say, like I said, plan it like, like a special playlist or something that would be special and different because you don't want to just skip over Thanksgiving uh, because you're alone. And of course, if there's an opportunity to invite people in, I, I, of course, would recommend that. But many people wouldn't even accept an invitation this, these days because of what you said. You know, it's like people can yeah, just COVID, be so... Mask up, I yeah. know. And what do you do if you have different beliefs and you are with your families and one is kind of a awakened soul and the other one is maybe more, you know, leaning left and you know what I'm saying. Well, you the proverb says that you seek to understand. So when you when you are sitting around a table with people who have differing opinions, and we are all very opinionated in my household, and I bet your household is too, the way you describe yourself and your brother, I'm sure that you know there's lots of opinions, and you two are probably have very strong personalities and strong opinions. Okay, so the way to not have conflict is to seek to understand. So you want to be a listener first, and hopefully these conversations will not come up, because if everybody has pretty good social skills, they're not going to talk about religion and politics at a holiday meal. Like, they're right. just not. That's not good social skills. But if they do, and they start, you know, blabbing their opinion, which you completely disagree with, before you just give your rebuttal and your argument, you know, and this takes a lot of self-control, because what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to just interrupt, actually, and be like, hey, hold, hold on. That's not even true. You know, you're going to want to do that. But, but yeah, just, I'm, I'm a CDC whistleblower. I see <laughs> the raw data. I know the things going behind the stage, and I couldn't even stop my own brother from getting the bioweapon. See, I'm like, mm. wow, I couldn't even convince my own family. And, and then I had true. a brother that was vented and I believe murdered, but he died. So it's been uh, very, no, that's very so grieving. Sad. Yeah, so it's very grieving. So, of course, this is a trigger for you because there's all this stuff, and you've been trying to tell him your truth, and, you're, and he's not listening to you. But the best thing is to seek to understand them and then when they finish talking at some point then because if if they're hosting you it's in their home then you politely say is could I have an opportunity to tell you what I've learned and then you have and they're going to probably say no and if they say no just say okay because they're not listening anyway so what's the point because the point is we're trying to have 
connection. We're trying to have a relationship. We're trying to set aside our differences for the sake of togetherness for the holiday. But, uh, you know, if it comes up, if you seek to listen and understand first, then if they have any sort of social skills or manners, then they will say, so that's my opinion. What's yours? You know, and then you'll have an opportunity. But it's all in the delivery too, because I can hear the passion in your voice. And boy, uh, people who disagree with us, they just don't appreciate our passion, do they? No, they don't. Uh I'm trying to save kids and save humanity. I mean, it's it's something I take very seriously. I mean, it's my passion. It's why I was anointed and, and really, I believe, born was to fight for the, you know, children. I can hear that passion in your voice. So, so along with this passion comes persecution, doesn't it? Yes. That's right. And especially... They hated Jesus. I mean, are we supposed to be any better than Jesus? If they hate us, we're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, here's the thing is, of course, if you, def- if you feel called to, and you definitely do, to to use your voice, to use your passion, to try to uh, open the eyes of people, to do your best to at least get the truth out there, which is so, it's getting to be increasingly more difficult with the way that our nation has really uh, locked down and there's not the freedom of speech that there used to be. So it's just, you know, it's complicated and it's difficult. But Proverbs says that you want to, you want to use your voice, but it is wisdom at times to be silent. So you have to, you have to know, okay, is it wisdom to be a whistleblower right now? Yes. Is it wisdom to be silent in this situation? Yes. Because there's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. That's what Ecclesiastes says. But, but, uh, whenever we are wanting to build relationships, we've really got to use our use our emotional intelligence, use our the skills of social awareness to think, okay, are they listening? Once you have their attention, then you speak the truth and hopefully it will make a difference, like you said, because you've got their attention. So I think as a whistleblower, as you call yourself, uh, you want to blow in the right place at the right time so that you have the best chance of it being effective. Right. Yeah. And so look at your history and think of the times where you have been effective sharing the truth, what, what the time and the, and the situation was where you've been effective and you actually were able to uh, make an impact and people learn something because they were wanting to learn and they, they were able to uh, gain a lot of knowledge from you. And then think about the times where you were doing it and nobody learned and said they were only just persecuting you. So I think, I think, and Jesus did that. Jesus was very, he was very clever in the way that sometimes he spoke and sometimes he didn't. Sometimes they sort of set him up to, you know, so to persecute him by trying to manipulate him into a, into a conversation that would be you know, volatile or that would be controversial. And, and he was, sometimes he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and step right into this. And other times he was like, "Eh, not going to really step right into this. I'm going to step around it. So, you know, he, he just had so much wisdom in the way that he responded. And, uh, and then sometimes he responded with less words, like, who do you say that I am kind of thing? And he said, I am, you know, I mean, he was just very, he he didn't he didn't always just give all of his information all the time about who he was you know he just sort of you know who who are you well who do you say that I am you know where he he sort of he was clever he was clever so I just encourage you you know be 
be clever and uh, be really, I, I think that you're probably strategic, but I encourage you, uh, the more clever, the more strategic you can be, I think the bigger impact that you'll make in the world. And oh, that's well, clearly I mean, what you want to well, do. Well, I just had a, an officer come up because I have a, an incident. So I really appreciate your information. I love the Her Show, Trina. I ask that God blesses you and your media career. And you're making an impact, sister. Oh, Susan, thank you so much. And another thing I want to tell you, if you could stay with me just a minute longer, I want to just encourage you, as you move forward with the calling that God has on you, whether it is to feed the homeless or whether it's to... uh, find a way to reconnect with your family or whether it's to be a whistleblower and a truth teller in in a way that would really impact uh, the world. Here's the thing is do it with courage because I think that fear is what really will grip people. Fear of criticism, fear of persecution, fear of fear of rejection, fear of being taken advantage of. Uh, and, and just fearing for your safety, you know, with, with yes. the kinds of things that yes. you do, people can come at yeah, that's you. Why I, ha- I have a police officer here. Someone stopped, broken my car and stole my weapon. So yeah, I've, I've had some yeah. persecution. So, so, and, and here's what I want to encourage you. Even though, even though this is a, you are walking literally in, in this place of having to have so much courage to do it, just remind yourself it's okay to be afraid but don't let that fear become a spirit of fear where it really grips you because here's the blessing of if we understand fear is when we understand fear and we allow it to motivate us rather than to stop us you can have courage through any fear producing situation and, right. and so you just keep walking and, and you know that God is walking with you because you are not alone. He is walking with you. He is, he is going to walk with you through the valley of shadow of death so that you will fear yeah. no evil. And in this world, of course, we, we see death all around us because that's what, that's what Satan comes to do. As like you're talking about with the weapons of mass destruction here is he comes to steal, kill and destroy. Right, yeah. John ten ten. Yeah, but please. Jesus came that we might have life and have life more mm-hmm. abundantly. That's right. So as you are choosing to walk in life and life more abundantly, you you know the tools of the enemy, so you can walk through this valley of shadow of death without feeling afraid of the evil. Because the truth is, is that the evil can't touch you unless it's part of God's plan. And even if it was, then it would only be for a short season, kind of like Job. Uh, and then there would be a greater purpose. So, you know, we, you, God can be trusted. You're his daughter. He is your father and he's a good father. And listen, he, he loves you so much and he is so proud of the work that you're doing because you are passionate and you're not being silenced and you're making a difference. Uh, so I, I just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Okay, girl. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving to all your callers. Thank y'all. Everything. Happy holidays. God's got y'all. Oh, you're precious, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. And go Bama, uh, right? <laughs> go Bama. Have a great show. Love y'all. God bless you. Bye bye. Uh huh. So that was that was Susan. I I just appreciate her call, and that's really a great question there because. A lot of people just don't have Thanksgiving plans. So if that would be you also, I just, I hope that you take that advice to heart and try to understand the difference between being alone and lonely. The way that my grandma says it is she says, I'm not lonely because I like myself. (laughs) 
I like myself. And she, so she gets up every day and she sets her table and cooks herself a meal and she dresses up with jewelry and fixes her hair and puts on her makeup, even if she's home alone, even when no one else will see her, even if, uh, even if, why? Because she values herself. And uh, she says, and I always have a good attitude because I don't want to hang out with a grump. <laughs> And she's talking about herself. She'll be 100 uh, in August next year. And I tell you, there is so much wisdom from her. But this is so important, you guys, to be able to have an attitude of gratitude and to be able to value your life. And and if you are alone, try to at least invite guests. I always tell people, separate your goals and desires. It is your goal to... you. Anything that is a goal, you have to be able to take full responsibility for. You decide it. You determine it. You can write it down. You can check it off the list. Okay. In other words, it requires no cooperation from somebody else. Everything that requires cooperation from somebody else is a desire. It's not a goal. And as we... Uh, go through life, we certainly figure out there is a lot of people that are not cooperative. And so if they're not, we've got to let those things go. We cannot control other people. We cannot uh, force anyone to, or, or guilt trip anyone or manipulate anyone to have a relationship with us or to invite us to Thanksgiving dinner. If they don't want to invite you, they won't invite you. It's your desire to be invited, okay, to join a home or a family for Thanksgiving dinner. But it is your goal to cook your own Thanksgiving dinner. It's your goal to invite other people. It's your goal to set the table. If other people come, would be a desire because that would be them cooperating to receive an invitation. So at the end of the day, if you've done everything you can do to try to create a Thanksgiving party, all you can do is make it a goal to change your attitude to say, I'm going to have a great day, even if I'm by myself. You know what? Let me tell you something. Sometimes, most of the time, we want what we can't have, right? And then once you got it, you don't want it. There's a lot of people who have a lot of conflict on Thanksgiving Day that are sitting around this meal with conflict with their family thinking, boy, I sure do wish I could just be alone right now. (laughs) So, hey, even being alone, you can count your blessings. I know a lot of people would probably switch places with you. But, you know, I I think that is such a bad habit when the whole grass is greener on the other side, where we look at someone else's family or someone else's. Uh, table or meal or pictures and we think, I wish that was my life. And hey, they just might be looking at your life and thinking, I wish that was my life. Uh, But it's important to just be grateful wherever you are, no matter the circumstance. So if you would like to call and ask me a question about your specific situation and circumstance, give me a call 817-637-2585. Be happy to help you. Again, 817-637-2585. And um, Maybe I can help you get ready for for your Thanksgiving meal. Let's see. This one says, um, I'm on a diet and I want to break it for Thanksgiving meal. Do you think that I should or not? Uh, You know what? That's a good question. I think that it's okay. I, I would. I think it's a great thing called a holiday diet. That means that you can watch your weight every other day of the year. But on a holiday, take a break. But you have to understand, look, every day is not a holiday. So I think what happens is we get on a really good roll about, okay, roll, no pun intended, right? Okay. Uh, we get, like, if we're doing very good calorie counting or 
or uh, just being no fat, no sugar, or low fat, low sugar, and low carbs, or high protein, or whatever. Maybe you're a vegetarian. My brother's a vegetarian. I think it's really important that if you want to have a full holiday meal because it would bring you joy and it would bring honor to the to the cooks and maybe you are the cook but it would be honored to the host or the hostess uh, then yes then by all means eat your holiday meal but then remember the holiday's over and I I had a good friend who she actually created a book called the holiday diet and what she did was she she would give herself, a holiday and a free day on the holiday, but not on any, any other day. And so she ended up uh, losing 200 pounds, over 200 pounds, and she kept it off for 30 years. And so she truly did shift her mindset. And that's what it is. It's a matter of shifting your mindset. I think that people just need to understand that whatever you put in your mouth, it's you're going to have evidence of it at some point. But it's okay because it's going to come off if you don't do that every single day. So just remind yourself every day is not a holiday. But yes, I'm taking a break and I'm going to be eating lots of carbs and lots of sugar on Thanksgiving Day. But I will fill up first with my turkey and the greens, okay? The turkey and the greens and the, the food that's good, the veggies, okay? Fill up on that first and then, of course, you can get um, get your carbs and fill in with all those because we have to have at least a little bit of the mashed potatoes and, and stuffing and rolls and sweet potatoes and ah, all the good stuff. I just love all the good stuff, and especially pumpkin pie and walnut pie. So anyway, y'all, this is a great week. Be thankful. Be grateful. Your attitude impacts the people around you. And most importantly, it's in your own best interest to have a good attitude, right? It's in your own best interest to have a good attitude. And so if you've got a critical spirit, trade that for a caring spirit, okay? If you've got a spirit that that is a complainer, Trade the complaining for gratitude. If you've got a spirit of someone who likes to argue, trade that for a spirit of of being agreeable. Look, everything is a trade-off, okay? You can't be content and frustrated at the same time. So I think you want to be content. It's not in your best interest to be frustrated. So this is a week to begin practicing these things and to bring your good attitude right there uh, to your Thanksgiving meal right there. And I do hope that you sit down. I hope that everybody understands the importance of sitting down at a set table. This is the time, guys. Set your table. Do it in advance. Now's the time. My table's already set. And uh, that way you can have a meal with eye-to-eye, face-to-face contact because really, it's not just all about the food, is it? Really, it's about the relationships. Do you know that this is your purpose? Did you ever wonder, what is my purpose in life? Your purpose is relationships. That's right. Jesus boiled down the gospels to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So relationship got with God, with yourself, and with others, that is your purpose in life. So God bless you today. Thank you for joining me on The Her Show. Hey, if you didn't call, plan to call next time. I'd love to visit with you. You are wonderful, and I'm just happy to help. So I'll see you next week. Hugs and high fives.
From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County. Joko Community Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.